Thank you, Adam. Praise the Lord. If you would, turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 2, and if you uh, are joining us, we're working our way through the trustworthy sayings of Paul to Timothy and Titus from the pastoral epistles. There are five of them. We're working through those uh, through the month of May, and it's in coordination with our officer nomination process and window. Just a reminder, uh, you're uh, eligible to nominate officers officer candidates uh, this week and next week. So talk to folks and uh, put in those nominations. There's a box in the foyer. 2 Timothy chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And what you've heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who'll be able to teach others also. Share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs since his aim is to please the one who has enlisted him. An athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. It is the hard-working farmer who ought to have the first share of the crops. Think over what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. Remember Jesus Christ risen from the dead, the offspring of David, as preached in my gospel, for which I am suffering, bound with chains as a criminal, but the word of God is not bound. Therefore I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they also may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. The saying is trustworthy, for if we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny Him, He will also deny us. If we are faithless, He remains faithful, for He cannot deny Himself. The grass withers, the flower fades, the Word of our our God stands forever. Let's pray. Father, we thank You for being with us, for meeting with us, for calling us into Your presence. We thank You for the prayers and the Scripture and the songs that we've already lifted up to You. And now we ask your special blessing on the reading and preaching of your word. Would you open our eyes and our hearts to see wonderful things from your law? Would you convict us of our sins? Would you remind us of your grace? If there are any here who don't know you, would you open their hearts to see the beauty of the gospel? We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. So uh, in the early 1960s, the space race was... uh, heating up, and there's a popular story about President Kennedy visiting NASA headquarters in 1961, and he was uh, receiving a tour of NASA headquarters. It was after hours. Most people had gone home, but he noticed there was a janitor there uh, mopping, and he went up to him and said, sir, why are you here working so late mopping the floor? To which this man replied, Mr. President, I'm not mopping the floor, I'm helping put a man on the moon. If you read stories or hear testimonies about NASA during this time, there is this recurring theme that everyone from top to bottom, uh, whether they were engineers or cafeteria crew, assembly line workers, mathematicians, uh, groundskeepers, astronauts, they had this incredible sense of mission. They had this huge idea that they were part of something bigger, 
something important, something that would change history. We are putting a man on the moon. One of the things that we see throughout the Bible is that God is on a mission. We saw that theme play out all last year as we walked through the book of Acts together. And as we continue our study of the trustworthy sayings from the pastoral epistles, there is a theme developing. There's something that's really important that we see. It's called union with Christ. Remember we saw Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. It's about union with Christ's salvation. He who desires the office of overseer or elder desires a good thing. That's about union with Christ's service. Physical training is of some value, but godliness is of value in every way. Union with Christ, godliness. And this week we have the privilege to think about the glory and the encouragement and the comfort that we have as union with Christ's mission. We are participants, brothers and sisters, in the greatest, most incredible, momentous mission in the entire universe. God's eternal, everlasting redemption of sinners. And let me be clear, this is not a story about us. It is about Him, His glory, His love, His holiness, His righteousness. And that of all people, we get to be a part of it. Sometimes being part of something so big and so momentous isn't encouraging, but at times it can be overwhelming. We've all been there before, right? We've had those days where we think, I'm just a cog in the wheel. What part can I play? The work seems so slow. How can I make a difference? I'm ready to tap out. And as we think about the church and elders and deacons and men and women and boys and girls, I want to encourage us with this truth. God is working. God is on a mission. He's not only using us, He's rescued us. He is rescuing us. He will rescue us. And that should empower us to lean into God's mission, His plan, and His purpose, even through the hurdles and hiccups and heartbreak of life. This is a trustworthy saying. If we died with Him, we will also live with Him. If we endure with Him, we will also reign with Him. If we deny Him, He will deny us. If we are faithless, He remains faithful, for He cannot deny Himself. So let's look at the, look at the passage together. First of all, I want us to think about being reinforced by Christ in verses 1-7. through 7. I want to think just for a moment about concrete. Most of us don't think about concrete. It's everywhere around us, but unless you're in the construction business, you probably don't think much about concrete. But one of the things about concrete, in a lot of the applications, there's something called rebar. And you've seen these, these steel rods that are often tied together, and uh, then the concrete is poured on top of the rebar. Now, what's the purpose of that? Well, it helps increase the tensile strength of the concrete. And we all know what tensile strength is, so I won't go into that. Uh, now, tensile strength is about uh, things not breaking or crumbling. And so, reinforced concrete, concrete that has that rebar, is less likely to crack and break and crumble. As we think about life in the church And the wonderful, momentous task that is ahead of us and before us, as we consider the challenges of life in a fallen world, one thing becomes very clear. We need help. 
We need reinforcement. And that's exactly what God does for us. Let's look at that together. Uh, Look at verse 1 of chapter 2. You then, my child. The context here, remember, is pastoral ministry. And in the end of 2 Timothy chapter 1, Paul talks about the ups and downs of ministry. He mentions in verse 15 how Phygelus and Hermogenes left him. They abandoned him, part of the heartbreak of ministry. And then in the very next phrase, he praises God for how Onesiphorus had refreshed him and was not ashamed of his chains. And so this is part of the reality of gospel ministry. There are ups and downs. And Paul says, my beloved child. Just like when he writes to everyone else, there is love, there is this personal connection. Paul loved Timothy as a father loves his son, and he was a mentor and a leader. So what does he call Timothy to do? How are you to be strengthened or reinforced Verse 1, you then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. We need strength. And notice the source. Be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. God absolutely calls us, brothers and sisters, to pursue holiness and mission, to put off sin and to put on righteousness, to purify ourselves because of the hope that we have within us. What we saw from 1 Timothy Four, to put away silly myths, to train ourselves in godliness, but we need strength for that. And remember, what is the source? The grace that is in Christ Jesus. We cannot muster or fabricate or create the strength that we need for life in this world and to fulfill God's mission on our own. A lot of people say, you got this, I got this, we got this. We don't. We need Jesus Apart from me, he said, you can do nothing. We need to be strengthened by the grace of Jesus. We need to reorient and recalibrate our lives day by day, hour by hour, moment by moment around Jesus and his gospel and his grace. Because here's the thing, we're constantly tempted and duped into thinking that our standing before God and others in this world is based on our works. And our lives need to be fueled and strengthened and reinforced by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. It's about union with Christ. And if we're not reinforced and strengthened by Christ, we will have no spiritual tensile strength. We won't be reinforced, we'll be crushed, and we'll crumble under the heavy weight of life and suffering and the magnitude of God's mission. How else are we reinforced? Look at verse 2. And what you've heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others. We're reinforced by entrusting. God's plan, God's purpose is not only that we receive God's grace and the gospel, but that we give it away, that we entrust it to people, that we say, hey, this is important. Would you hold on to it? Would you take it? Would you use it? Take what I've taught you is what Paul says, and it wasn't in secret, it was in the the presence of many witnesses. And what I love here is there are four layers of transfer. Paul, Timothy, faithful men who are able to teach others. 
This is part of what we do in the officer nomination and training process. We identify, we train, we entrust men who will be able to teach others. It's the same principle we see from Titus chapter 2. Older women teach and train younger women how to live, how to honor God. It's the same thing we do with our children. Parents, raise your children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. We have the Gospel We're called to give it away. And we're not called to give it away like a radio promotion. The ninth caller, you know, you get this. No, we're called to give away the message and our lives. To entrust it to others. To share and pour our lives into others. And as we do that, the Gospel and God's grace remains fresh for us. And it's not about a... a, uh, an equation here, but what, when, you, when you give your life away for Jesus, what do you find? That, that you're strengthened more and more as you give. So a couple applications here. To whom and how are you entrusting God's message to others? This is God's plan for reinforcing us and others, and when we fail to participate in it, we shortchange ourselves and one another. Second application question here is, to whom are you entrusting yourself? Your mind, your heart. We were not meant to do life on our own. To be clear, there are tons of disciple makers in our world. What voices are you listening to? What messages and messengers are shaping your life? Is it pop culture? Is it 24-hour news? Is it, is it a political pundit? Or is it godly men and women who are shaped by God's Word and grace and mission? We also see here that God reinforces us by sharing. Look at verse 3. Share in suffering as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. What Paul is telling Timothy and us here is, Timothy, don't think that you're immune from the sufferings of life and the challenges of ministry. Share in suffering. How? As a good soldier of Jesus Christ. This is a great image. If you ever think about this, soldiers endure hardship. They, in, they go through danger and deprivation. I think about the Band of Brothers series when they're uh, entrenched in the forest outside of Foy. This is part of the Battle of the Bulge, and it's freezing cold, and these guys are living in foxholes, and daily they are bombarded, and they suffer heavy losses. What is it that motivates them to keep going and not go AWOL, not abandon their posts. Two things in particular. The mission and the men. We share in suffering because they shared in suffering because they were fighting for something they believed in and they were doing it for the person next to them. And so Timothy, brothers and sisters in Christ, share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus You can be reinforced and strengthened because you know the mission is absolutely worth it and the victory is secured. It's also worth it because of your brothers and sisters alongside of you. That we live and love and serve together, connected. And and one of the realities that we see from the Bible is that our suffering is connected to the suffering of Jesus. You remember these words from the Apostle Paul in Colossians chapter 1, Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, 
and in my flesh, I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of His body, that is the church. That doesn't mean that Christ's suffering was somehow uh, not sufficient, but it means that He so unites and so connects with us that our suffering is connecting with Him. So brothers and sisters, what are the hard places in your life right now? Maybe you're going through physical suffering or anguish about people that you love or loneliness or maybe you're exhausted and you're out of gas. Take heart. Take courage. Be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Share in suffering as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. You are not alone. Share with others. Carry the load. And when we do that, our spiritual tensile strength is reinforced. The second thing we see from this passage is what we also see from in reinforcement the idea of examples. This is hard to understand. And so we have three quick examples in verses 3 through 6. Don't get distracted. That's the first thing he says. A soldier's mission is first and foremost. Don't get distracted, brothers and sisters. Don't cheat. If you want a chance to win, you have to compete by the rules. Don't take PEDs or you'll be disqualified. So there is union with Christ's mission. This is how God calls us to live it. Think about a farmer. He gets to enjoy the first fruits, the blessing of following and serving and participating in God's mission is that we get to see God working in us and in others. And then in verses 8 through 10, we see this concept of remembering Jesus Christ. First, we're reinforced by Him in God's mission. But secondly, we remember Jesus Christ. Look at verse 8. I love how this verse begins. Remember Jesus Christ. Wherever you are in your life, facing joy of discipleship and growth and first fruits and peace, or whether you're walking through suffering and difficulty, and disappointment, what is our charge? Fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Jesus Christ is our captain, our savior, our master, our teacher, our prophet, priest, and king. He's our Lord and our God. He is the embodiment not only of salvation, but the, of mission and purpose in our lives. And notice what Paul says. Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, verse 8, mission accomplished. The resurrection is a proof that he kept the Father's will perfectly, that he defeated sin and death. One writer said it this way, if Jesus is risen from the dead, nothing else matters. And if Jesus is not risen from the dead, nothing else matters. Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, descendant of David. The gospel message is not a Johnny-come-lately message, but it's reinforced, it's rooted, it's tethered and connected to Israel and the promises of God. And everyone was looking forward to Messiah, the son of David. Preached in my gospel, verse 8 says, Paul is not making it about himself, he's making it about Jesus. Look at verse 9, he says, I'm bound but the, God, the Word of God is not bound. Paul wrote this letter from prison 
He was locked up because of following Jesus Christ. And Jesus said, this will happen. People will hate me, hate you on account of me. But this in no way stops or hinders or hamstrings the message of the gospel. The word of God is not bound. It's on the loose. Jesus and his kingdom and his gospel cannot be stopped. And then in verse 10, we see motivation and victory. Therefore, for this reason, because of Jesus, I endure everything. Why? For the sake of the elect, that they also may obtain the salvation in Jesus Christ with eternal glory. Paul keeps moving forward, willing to endure everything for the sake of the elect. Brothers and sisters, this is about victory. This is about confidence. I have good news for you this morning The success of God's mission is not dependent on you. Yes, we for sure move toward people and share the gospel and think about ways in wisdom to love and care for people, but God gives the increase. He has chosen a people for Himself. He calls, He rescues, He saves through the gospel. You remember Acts chapter 13, verse 48 passing statement, as many as were appointed to eternal life believed. Brothers and sisters, it's God's work, it's God's kingdom, we can trust Him for the results. And that means that we can move toward people courageously, with humility, because God is working. We can endure hardship because God is working. And we will all face hardship in life. Hurt, Heartbreak, pain, sickness, death, disappointment. Keep going. Keep trusting. Keep believing. And some of us will face persecution for following Jesus Christ. This is and has been the reality for millions of Christians throughout the world now and throughout the ages. And if that is part of God's calling for us, if so, take courage. Don't retreat. But know that God is working. Endure suffering as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And most importantly, on this mission, in the trenches, through the trials and the victories, remember Jesus Christ. Sometimes it's easy for us to want Jesus and love Jesus for what He gives us. I get forgiveness and I get hope and I get peace and I get everlasting life. And those are wonderful things. But we cannot, su- we cannot separate the benefits of Christ from Christ Himself. Don't remember what Jesus gives you, most of all. Remember Jesus Christ. He's our treasure. He's our prize. He's our very great reward. So brothers and sisters, remember Jesus Christ, who in every way was tempted as we are, yet without sin. Remember Jesus Christ healing the sick, giving sight to the blind, casting out demons, preaching the good news of the gospel of Himself, coming to seek and to save the lost. Remember Jesus Christ, living water, bread of life, good shepherd, resurrection and the life, way, truth, and the life. Remember Jesus Christ transfigured into light, weeping over Jerusalem, sweating great drops of blood in the garden, arrested like a criminal and crucified naked on a Roman cross. Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, descendant of David, 
preached in my gospel. Remember Jesus Christ, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising its shame, and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. Remember Jesus Christ, Lion of the tribe of Judah, Lamb who was slain before the foundation of the world, who is worthy to receive power and wealth and wisdom and honor and glory and blessing. Remember Jesus Christ. He is our ultimate joy and treasure and strength and motivation. Whatever you are going through in your life this morning, remember Jesus Christ. The last thing we see from this passage is resting in Christ. You know, there are certain phrases that help us with things that we tend to forget. Righty-tighty, lefty-loosey. I'm not a boater, but I do remember this. Red, right, returning. And here we have, in verses 11 through 13, some very simple phrases to help remind us of the truths of God. That we are united to Christ and that we can rest in Christ in our mission. And the verbs that are used here are verbs past, present, and future. The first thing we see is that if we died with Him, we shall also live with Him. It's almost the exact same phrase and, and fr- phraseology that's used in Romans chapter 6. Brothers and sisters, we are united to Christ. How? In His death, in His life, in His resurrection, in His ascension. Jesus said it this way, If anyone wants to follow Me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow Me. If we died with Him, we shall also live with Him now and into the future. Jesus said, I'm the resurrection and the life. He who believes in Me shall never die. Remember what He told the woman at the well. Whoever drinks of the water that I will give will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. If we died with him, we will live with him. If we endure with him, we will reign with him. Brothers and sisters, keep going. If he that endures to the end shall be saved... 2 Corinthians 4.17 For this light and momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond comparison. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared to the glory that will be revealed to us. Keep going. Brothers and sisters, through the ups and downs and joys and sorrows of life, I follow this guy on Twitter. I don't even remember his name. And and look, Twitter is a place for a lot of trolls. But this is what he posts every day. Brothers and sisters, we are one day closer to heaven. Brothers and sisters, we are one day closer to heaven. Keep going. And it isn't just that we get heaven Endure, keep going. Our union with Christ is so profound. God's grace is so incredible that we not only get heaven and we get God, but we get to reign with Him. We get to rule with Him. He secured the victory and eternal salvation and He shares it with us. And I love the picture of a champion taking the trophy after the big win and walking to family or friends and giving it to them. And they hold it together. If we endure with Him, we'll also reign with Him. If we deny Him, 
he will deny us. If we're faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. One of the basic truths of Christianity is trust and allegiance and submission to Christ. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Matthew 10, Jesus said, Everyone who acknowledges me before men, I will acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I will deny before my Father in heaven. And there is some debate about the meaning of this last encouragement from verse 13. Some people believe, like uh, Barclay states, that it's highlighting God's sovereignty and control over His people even when they prove temporarily faithless. That part that says, if we are faithless, He remains faithful. That's true. God is faithful. He remains faithful to us. But the problem with that interpretation is that it doesn't seem to fit the construction and flow of this passage. The first part highlights the beauty of union with Christ. The second part reminds us of God's judgment for those who don't believe. God cannot deny Himself, reinforces His righteous judgment and holiness. So, in short, in Christ, we have blessings now and into eternity. Keep Keep going, keep moving forward on message, on mission, Even if it means suffering and enduring hardship, we will reign with Him. But outside of Christ, there is no hope. So two questions as we close. First, are you united to Jesus Christ? Are you resting and trusting in Him alone for salvation? It is the first and most important piece. We cannot participate in His mission, in His life, We can't be reinforced in Christ and remembering Christ and rest in Christ unless we have Christ. Unless He has us. Are you united to Christ? There's hope nowhere else but besides Him. And if you're united to Christ, I want to remind you that you are united to Jesus in His mission. How can you embrace How can you lean into His mission more and more in your life? Here at Palmetto Hills, we talk about it as celebrating life in Christ by reaching out and building up for God's kingdom and glory. Wherever you are in your life, student, in elementary school or middle school or high school or college, maybe you're retired, maybe you're a stay-at-home mom, maybe you're in the middle of your working career, can you say like that uh, janitor at NASA, I'm not mopping the floor. I'm part of God's mission. I'm part of establishing His kingdom rule on earth as it is in heaven. I'm not serving in the nursery or helping with the youth or reaching out to my neighbor or caring for the orphan or the poor or the widow. I am a co-laborer with God. I am an ambassador and witness of Jesus Christ. The greatest news, the most momentous story ever known and I get to be part of it dear ones it puts our service and our strength and our suffering and our endurance in perspective we're part of something bigger keep going because this saying is trustworthy if we died with him we will also live with Him. If we endure, we will also reign with Him. If we deny Him, He will also deny us. If we are faithless, He remains faithful, for He cannot deny 
himself. Let's pray. God, we thank you again for your word and how through Jesus and by the assistance of the Holy Spirit, we can understand it. I pray that we would live with an ever-increasing sense of your work and your mission in this world and in us. Help us to be strengthened by you and to walk by faith. We love you.